Welcome back to United Fork Podcast. I'm your host, Kavachi, expanding your taste palette one serving at a time. So at the last episode, we spent a little bit talking about me. <laughs> Who am I kidding? We spent the whole episode talking about me. So this time around, I'm going to bring on our guest co-host, Bucci, to interview me. A little bit about Bucci. He has his own segment on the United Fork called Feed Me. So he's going to be able to give you a lot of food global trends and also tell you the best restaurants to go to i'm so excited for these couple of episodes i cannot wait to see you see you at the table grubito 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 hello everyone and welcome to the united fork podcast where we are expanding your taste palette one serving at a time this is episode three, and my name is Bucci. I'll be your guest host, and I'm with your original host, Miss Kavachi. Hey, everyone. How is everyone doing? I'm sure they're do- they're being pretty cramped up at home. That's how they're, <laughs> that's how they're doing. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, we are here to, of course, make your stay at home a little better and uh, maybe make you a little fuller and inspire you to get in your kitchen and cook. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, today we'll be covering uh, Gravito, which is owned by Miss Kavachi. Hey. Hey, there you go. Now, uh, Kavachi, tell, tell all of us, what is, you know, well, first off, how do you pronounce it? Okay, well, usually I've heard so many variations of how to say it. Well, I'm going to give you my way I say I always just say grubito and the funny thing about it is is that I've heard grubado I've heard um rub I've heard grubdo so I've heard different variations of everyone trying to pronounce it but it's grubido grubido okay yes grubido now we're clear on it what is a grubido so a grubido is a person that is just when I say they are devotedly interested in food, they love food cultures, they love eating, cooking, developing, just they love good stuff. They are traveling far to just get authenticity when it comes to food. And uh, why did you choose it as the name of your brand? Well, when I was in boarding school in Nigeria, I was in secondary school. I was always called a libido by a lot of the girls there and my roommates. And the reason why I was a libido is because I just loved eating the different foods and different snacks that will, that will come my way. So they kept on just calling me libido, antique libido. That's what they will say. And I'm thinking, libido, <laughs> what is that? And I'm not even saying it the way that they would say. It. They're like, oh, see this libido. So they had that strong emphasis of like, wow, they made it seem like it was really bad. But I was I was asking like, what is a grubito? Because to me as an American, or they call me Yankee, I was I'm thinking <laughs> up, like you just love to eat. But no, like they're insulting me. But I I was okay with it because grub means food from where I live. So they just kept on calling me Gorbido, Gorbido. So when I finally asked them, like, what is a Gorbido? They're like, someone that just loves to eat too much, like longer throats. And I'm thinking, oh, well, I'm not a longer throat, but I do love to eat. So, But isn't that kind of like 
what a foodie is? Well, in a way it is because a foodie is, well, according to Wikipedia, it's a person that is just has an interest in food. Baby, I don't need an interest, honey. I love food. I love <laughs> cultures. I I always tell people it's I'm very passionate about food. So I, I take it a step further from a foodie because there's a lot of foodies in around the world, but a person that is truly in love with food, you are a gravito. I see. Okay, so there's a difference between a yes. foodie and a gravito. There's a huge difference because a lot of times people would say, well, I'm a foodie, but then when I give them some snail, they have this look on their face like, what is that? And no. So, like, basically, they're different people. So how do you how do you separate one from the other? How do you, like, okay, no, you're just a typical foodie, and, you know, you're on the, on Instagram doing your foodie thing. Now you, on the other hand, are a gravito. How do you tell the two apart? I would say it's more on the international level, because with a gravito, we are known to love all types of food. Like an Asian can eat an African food and a Mexican can eat a Caribbean food. So we're more of like on an international level. Like we, we, we already have an idea because we can always say, okay, well, if the Indian curry is good, I will love the Jamaican curry. Mm, so it's like, it. we've already developed, we've already had like a, a palette already, but we love to expand it. And that's what I'm trying to say when it comes to gravitos. Like we are, we, we oversee foodies because we're very passionate about food. And we're the type of people that will definitely travel for a really good dish, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just, it's a different feeling. And I feel like, for example, my friend Courtney, she loves to make Thai food and she took it a step further and started creating more dishes with the Thai spices. And now she's like, okay, I know how to make my Pad Thai. And she's very happy about that, but she, she keeps it very authentic. She doesn't just go into like the freezer section of a grocery store. No, she's going to the actual Asian restaurants, I mean, Asian food stores to go get those spices so it can have that authentic taste. So Agrippito is really, truly interested in definitely expanding their taste palette. And that's why I always say a lot of Grabitos, I could tell a Grabito from a foodie, like just... So do you have a lot of Grabito friends or are they mostly foodies and you're just looking at them like, nah, you don't even get it? I've come to realize that a lot of my chef friends are Grabitos. <laughs> And their clientels are foodies. Because they took it the extra step. Yes. I see. I yes. See. And so Chris from Lucille's restaurant here in Houston, when I opened up Pepper Soup, he was pretty much a loyal customer because he would drive from keep in mind we're in Houston so we would drive he would drive from third ward area to come just get a goosey soup and pepper soup was your your first venture into like the culinary world right or yeah I mean I mean I did I did get my footing with safari restaurant you know hustling oh family owned by the way guys there you go (laughs) that's legacy dynasty money like what you hear so far make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. Okay. 
And you know what's so crazy? We were just talking about, uh, I think it was Uncorked for on Netflix. And mm. one of the girls brought up a subject like, you know, why did the per- why didn't the son, you know, follow follow with his dad? And I was just like, a lot of people don't really tell you about generational restaurant owners. Like, uh. it's a term, but a lot of people don't know about it. It's like, if your if your grandfather gave it to your dad, and now your dad wants to give it to you, that's generational restaurant. So, but I found out like when it comes to restaurants, especially, uh, well, the, I I saw this in the, more in the Asian culture with the Chinese restaurants. I was uh, watching this documentary, and it seemed like a lot of um, restaurant owners. Maybe it depends on the background or how good the restaurants were doing. But sometimes they opened up restaurants and worked hard. Uh, most times were immigrants, but they didn't want their kids in it. It's almost like they did it to raise their family in a time of hardship or when they just came into the United States. And now it's time to pass it on. They'll rather just shut it down uh, than pass it on because they want their kids to be law- lawyers and doctors and engineers. And it's crazy because it's like it's a catch-22 you do have people who do have restaurants that that was just the means to an end but then you have the other ones that are like no you got to get this restaurant Mm. you got to get this restaurant because dad took this time to open it and i'm so it's a lot of different variables that are just kind of like okay why did we really open up this restaurant but most of the times when it's a generational restaurant it's like you were you were structured in a way to run it but then when you're running it they expect us to take it a step further because of course again we didn't have we don't have uber eats <laughs> we don't have grubhub or all of these social media platforms so the food industry has changed drastically. Now we're getting exposed to different types of food. And when you think about Gravito, it's like we want to expand people's taste palette. We want to be able to give a pe- give other Gravitos an opportunity to try different foods. Because think about it, in America, a lot of stuff when it comes to the food culture is a little bit suspect in the sense when I say that. Because, I mean, the way that the food is being developed because we all know when uh, Popeyes was sold out on chicken chicken sandwiches yes <laughs> chicken oh, sandwiches yeah. like how are you so how are you selling out on chicken when it's the main ingredients like the the the, the cash cow is chicken when you sold out Okay, so now we've normalized on that chicken sandwich thing, right? They're not, like, selling out till this day, are they? I don't really know, but to me, that was a little bit suspect. Because I'm thinking, like, of all the farmers that we have here in America, you were sold out on chicken? I guess they were doing the whole sneakerhead thing with food and making things, quote-unquote, limited for buzz. All the Popeyes around... Across the U.S. was sold out. So to me, it's like I don't know if social media had a good, a good, good hand in the the demand. But when you think about it, Chick Fil A, chicken is all they have. Are never sold out. Did you try one of those chicken sandwiches though? 
Unfortunately, since I am gluten-free, I can't eat the breading. So I can't eat, I can, I can eat chicken, but I just Did can't you, eat the crispy Wait, part. so you didn't taste it at all? You didn't even like, okay, you know that could like take you down a notch on your Gabrito scorecard. It's not because <laughs> what I did was I actually got, oh, I don't want to get someone in trouble, but I, well, my hookup. <laughs> anonymous, uh, we'll, <laughs> our anonymous hookup on the food. All right. My, my true heart gravito basically explained to me what the sauce was. It was the sauce that was making the chicken nice. Ooh. Okay, are you gonna share with us what was in that sauce? Listen, like I said, it was it was just given to me through the grapevine. So I'm gonna kind of preserve, and I don't know if this person is listening or someone from Popeyes. So I like. But nobody's to gonna know who you know. You're protecting your source. You got you know. This is like almost. Uh, well, you can't kind of call it journalistic integrity, but I guess yeah. podcast integrity for your followers, you know, at least give us at least a little. I mean, we all know there was mayo in there, but like what else? Okay. What 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 didn't we expect that was in that sauce? So the thing about it is, is that there's this, this whole like who makes the best uh, bird chicken sandwich. You mm-hmm. got the people from, uh, from, what is it? Tennessee and people from Kentucky. So everybody has like their chicken sandwiches. And to me, when I think about it, I'm like, okay, what makes a good chicken sandwich is definitely like the spices that you put in in your uh, in your base of the flour of your mixes. But what Popeyes really did was that sauce that they used was like on point. And we are in this generation of hot Cheetos. They put hot Cheetos in the sauce. No, they did it. I'm saying a lot of people that spice. I was about to say. I was like, what crushed of hot Cheetos? That's how they got well, it. Well, if you if you, if you do your due diligence and go look at the ingredients of the Cheetos, I'm kind of dropping some gems without having to say anything. So, for I don't you know, to be honest, I don't I can't touch the stuff. I'm not a Cheetos cheese puff, cheese balls, cheese snack person. It doesn't work for me. It's the oddest texture, flavor thing on earth to me next to spam. Oh wow. Yeah. The same way you feel about spam is the same way I feel about, and I know I'm not to probably my black card might be removed, but ramen noodles. <gasps> oh my goodness! What did he just say about ramen noodles? First off, I'm the guest host today, okay, so it's my show, and nobody's ever gonna dog ramen noodles or any other type of noodle around me, okay? This is not gonna happen. <laughs> you know, we can end this podcast right now. And- Pack my, I could pack my things and just walk out of here. And before you disrespect the the glorious noodle, okay? (laughs) But yeah, a little a little bit about my background is my dad's sister owns a noodle shop in Nigeria. Oh, nice! So I actually have the pleasure of going to her her noodle shop and you know seeing the whole process. So don't get me wrong. No tea, no shade. But what I'm saying is, is that I just feel like we've been so we've been brought up on ramen noodles. But have you actually had like the I would say made by hand 
not mass production. Because, see, Gucci, your noodles and someone else's, like, the one that's packaged, totally different. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not different. I have regular people noodles, too. Listen, okay, okay, feed me. Don't feed me that now. Oh, well, I mean, well, feed me. I guess since you bring it up, I might as well let the listeners know I will be contributing from time to time on Kabachi's podcast on the United Fork. Uh, and my segment is the feed me segment. So I, I'll be reviewing restaurants and, you know, just generally talking about new food trends that I see pop up and what inspires me at the time. Um, uh, Kabachi was great enough to invite me to do that so and i've had a few friends kind of nudge me towards like doing a podcast or a blog or something so might as well start there that being said now you're talking about regular people noodles i would say this like uh my sister kind of she knows i'm a noodle head so i never discriminate except for top ramen that particular brand top ramen was not my thing but you know like the rest of them i was good so i take that back i'm talking about the ones that are like at the grocery store package and that that orange package that one i I, i'm a no bueno yeah those are like the the marushan i think yeah yeah i I don't even with the i know like when my sister told me about it i haven't eaten like marushan or top ramen in years what i did it was uh, a brand called, I think, Nongshim or something. I think it's like a, it's more like a Korean kind of base, but they're out of California. Okay, because I'm not, I'm not a fan of Marushin. I'm, I've no. seen, and a lot of, and a lot of us, if you really know, like, real quality noodles, no offense to anyone, I just feel like, yeah, I've had better when I was able to eat. Noodles. noodles. I think for me it was more about the preservatives because uh, there was a study a few uh, months ago, a few years ago, and this doctor had a patient of his, or I guess his case study, swallow this really tiny pill that was uh, had a uh, had a camera in it. So when it was going through his digestive tract, like when it was in the lower part of his digest- the digestive tract, when uh, where food is supposed to be fully broken down and you're supposed to kind of see the nasty stuff. Uh, and you could just see noodles floating in there intact. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, and apparently there's a preservative in there, like a petroleum-based preservative put in a lot of the packaging yes. that takes like months for it to fully break down and causing a strain and whatever. So, and I'm not one to poison myself with food either. So, she basically broke that was like this i'd never the first time i felt that way after she had that conversation with me and i realized that it was fact after my research was like when my uncle told me that uh wrestling was fake you know <laughs> yeah. that there are very two world shattering events in my life one happened when i was much younger and the other one happened like a few months ago late last year and I was distraught, and I had a garage full of instant noodles, and of course, my favorite brand in Nongshim, and yeah, I had to give it away. I was just sad, you know. I would sneak it in every, like, couple months. Not a couple months. Like, I haven't had one in about five, six months, but I'm fixing to. <laughs> I'm sure the one I had six months ago would have digested by now, so, you know, hey. So but then, think about it speaking, speaking of noodles, I don't mean to cut you off, but my kid brother 
went to Japan and brought me some awesome noodles. Wow. Some really awesome noodles. And I checked, like, I guess here stateside, that pack of noodles is about $50, $70. You see what I'm talking about? Like you literally <laughs> have to travel to the other side of the world to enjoy like quality noodles. So yeah. of course, that's why I'm saying I'm telling people like it's just it's a different it's a different type of feel, different type of quality. And I always tell people at the end of the day, it it, it is up to you on what you want to eat. But if I can show you something better, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely tell you because I don't want to be the person that it was just sitting there just eating all the good goodness by myself without sharing. So yeah. Okay. Well, we still have a lot to talk about, but I'm gonna have to cut you off. We are at our time limit, so. Uh, Thank you for having me, Kavachi. That was awesome. Uh, hopefully, uh, you invite me again. Uh, we can do this some more. That'll well, be nice. I, you're I like being interviewing me for the next episode. What are you talking about? I'm doing the next episode too. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, I guess I did a good job then. All right. Yay. You're going to hear more from me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, okay, before we leave, let me do my host stuff, okay? Please. Okay. Now, please, everyone, you know, uh, click to share, subscribe to our uh, United Fork uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Go in there, like, subscribe, do all that. Check out our website, unitedfork.com. I'm your guest host, Bucci, with your original host, Kavachi. Thank you guys for listening. I'm going to let Kavachi give us a little sign up because she is the original host and I'm just running it. <laughs> You're so crazy. So guess what, everyone? We will see you at the next table meeting. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy. Thanks for listening to the United Folk Podcast. Be sure to visit unitedfolk.com to join the conversation. And follow us on IG, Facebook, and Twitter.